0: David Alejandro Navarrete. Yeah. Welcome to Inspired After Hours. Thank you. Mm. How'd I do on the pronunciation? That was really good. Can we
1: hear your version though? Because the whole
0: world needs to It's very to hear. smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Go go deep into the mic on okay.
2: this. Okay. Deep yeah. deep voice, Steven. Yeah. yeah. Okay. David Alejandro Navarrete.
3: It's a little. I don't movie. know, <laughs> I know what it is. A from cool. the control
2: room. Yeah.
0: So control why do you? Is. A lot of guys named David go go by Dave. Why? Why not?
2: I have no idea because I I've never liked it.
0: Oh okay.
1: <laughs> but
2: um yeah I think it's just shorter and there's so many Davids out there that they probably want to use a nickname to differentiate themselves. But then everybody goes by Dave, so then I'm like I'm gonna stick to David.
0: Yeah, I like that. That's a good story. Well, right. I think you well, should thanks use... for coming on. No, <laughs> I think
2: yeah, you should use
0: your whole name going definitely for
1: meeting a woman in a bar. You should definitely introduce yourself. No, my... I'll,
2: well, I'll let my wife know. Oh. Dude,
1: that's right. Oh, geez. did it work on her?
2: It, so everybody likes my name. Um it's like a conversation starter in Mexico. Everybody just adores like the whole name. Yeah. Um, but it's some. it's sometimes just too long.
1: When you said it to your wife for the first time, was she like, I'm in? She,
2: she, uh, well, when we, when we got married, she's like, oh, I'm going to have to get a, a long name now, like Navarrete. It's super long. But uh, her whole family, everybody loves it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's cool. And you have a son, right? Yes. And what's it, his name?
2: David Alejandro Navarrete the second. Oh,
3: <laughs> that's cute. Yeah. That's adorable. Only
2: because we couldn't decide. Like, I didn't want a junior. I didn't want the second. But me and my wife couldn't decide on the name. So when it was time to fill out the papers, we we're like, what are we going to name them? I was like, oh, let's just go Everybody loves it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, David, thanks for coming on. And um, we were just talking about how we met a while back. I'm not even sure where I feel we feel like met. we've
2: known each other for so long. It
0: though. does yeah. feel like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, when you meet people, there's like an instant connection. But then... We saw you at Inner Circle, Arizona Entrepreneurs Inner Circle, recently. Mm-hmm. And we got into some deeper stories because that's kind of what happens at Inner Circle. It's, yeah. you know, developing those deeper relationships with fellow business owners. And um, I've definitely always admired uh, what you have put together with uh, Moneta Design. Um, and you. you've got a team. Yeah. And you're very talented, and your social media is really awesome. So, what what is your social media handle? You have. Two, personal yeah. and business. You yeah. have three.
2: I have three yep. and soon four. So mm-hmm. I don't know why I do this to myself, but <laughs> <laughs> I have Moneta Design, which is spell it out or M-O-N-E-T-A-D-E-S-I-N-E. And then I have Arizona Filmmakers, which is all one is together. one T
0: or two T's? One T. Okay.
2: Yeah. And then I have Arizona Filmmakers, just how it's spelled out, two M's. And then I have Storyteller David N. hmm
0: And that's your personal, personal one yep yeah which you allow it's not private, right you allow yeah, you allow your fans
2: yeah to and, follow you <laughs> and I you know it's I want to grow my personal account more, but it's you know for someone who works in marketing and and does so many videos, social media is something that i I don't actually enjoy so my yeah. personal account I'm just like you know if I have something to post I post it but yeah
0: it's almost like I mean is it let me ask you is it like how an artist doesn't want to it, you want to express yourself through your art but you don't want to have to do it yes and if you with your own social media and your own brand it's like you have to do it yeah. when you get to do it for other people and it's it's an expression of your passion and what you love and then it's like i don't want to do it for myself
2: and it's almost yeah it's almost like you know the the classic like the person who bakes cakes for people doesn't bake her her own cake You know, <laughs> or eat cake or even. eat cake yeah, yeah or a person who cleans houses all day doesn't come home and it's like the last thing they want to do is clean their own house like yeah. you know, it's like yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: so uh, the conversation that we got into that I'm always interested in is like how do people start things it, mm-hmm. you know especially if it's something unique like Arizona filmmakers yeah um I oh, mean once I saw that I was like wow there's so much more to this guy you know mm-hmm. and so for me when I started our business it was an event production company and that was the hardest thing, and there were so many times where I was like, "Oh my gosh, what am I doing?" Yeah. Like, I I'm not making a profit. I'm not really contributing to my household income, and um, I'm really tired all the time. This is typical business owner, mm-hmm. where they're at, right? A lot of people. So it's really hard. You have to, you you have to get up and do the thing every day, and you've got to. There's something's got to drive you to do it. Something's got to give you the courage yeah. to do a lot of things within business. Um, you might not be a natural leader, but you learn very quickly how to lead. And so I'm always curious when I see people, what's their story? What did they go through? Because I know, you know, there's the similarities, but then there's also so many differences. So I, I think I asked you, like, how did you get into, because I think at one point you told me you were working for UPS. Yeah. I, th- I just imagined you were like wearing the shorts and driving the truck but you weren't you were working in the warehouse right yeah i
2: was working in the warehouse i felt like if i started driving because that's a great job um uh, great benefits great pay and if i did that transition i wouldn't get out of it so i was like i'm gonna stay in the warehouse you know like the lowest kind of pay there is mm. and and use it for insurance purposes but originally i wanted to be a doctor so i went to pre-med i was, I was getting my bachelor's in biology and. Uh, as ambitious as I am, I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. I started shadowing a few neurosurgeons, uh, and I saw that when— Are you
0: saying, wow, yeah, in your mind, hammer serious? <laughs> and this is just <laughs> here, the beginning of the
3: story. <laughs> and
2: here's the thing, too. And it, every everything that I've done, I don't regret anything because it's allowed me to be who I am now. Uh, in school, going to school, I had dyslexia, so it was really hard to— to kind of just learn off of textbooks and I didn't end up buying them. I used to learn everything off of YouTube and just writing, drawing my notes. So I would draw little comic books and it would help me remember the notes better. Um, but, you know, shadowing a few doctors, I noticed that the industry is a lot more, it's not as altruistic as I thought it was going to be. Uh, I saw the doctors in their offices fighting the insurances saying like, they need this treatment. You have to approve it. And like, no, there doesn't cover it. And I was like, with the mental health that I was struggling at the time, I was like, if I had to do that for the rest of my life, I don't think I could live with myself. I, I need, I don't think I can do this. So with, with my parents supporting us at the time with my wife and my son, I had to make a change and I decided to lean into videography and stop, um, my medical route. Mm-hmm. Which I, I got my bachelor's, so I finished that. I went to go take my MCAT, and I was sitting there, and I was like, "Okay, I don't want to do this." Grabbed the test that I paid three hundred dollars for, and I just turned it in. I said, "I'm not going to continue." So I'm.
0: Wow! Stop. There was like a pivotal moment. It was,
2: it was such a, a, wow. a right turn. Yeah it it was. Did you like think about painfully. all the
0: people that you might disappoint? You thought about your wife, your I was son. Physically
2: ill, oh. thinking about like what am I going to do? Like five years and more five years of my life dedicating to this direction and then having to tell everybody like I'm not going to be a doctor like this prestigious title I'm going to be a videographer which no one wanted to hear Mm -hmm. my dad said oh I don't want to hear that you know how's school and what
0: was the draw into videography what attracted you to that how'd you
2: well I was depressed knowing that the industry I was going to go into wasn't a happy you know direction so out of that depression, I leaned on the hobby, which was videography. I, I felt good about it, and I, I grabbed a camera. What was funny is that I picked up a photography camera, and I started going to shooting, and people were like, "You call yourself a videographer with that?" And I was like, "Just wait. just wait. <laughs> and I'll get creative. It had the, the horrible quality, but I would flip it and make it into like a vintage like v- VHS style video, and then people would be like, "Whoa, I love your edits." And I was like, "I'm using what I got, you know
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: When yeah. was that? That was in 2015,
2: 2016.
0: Because I'm thinking back when like Instagram first came out and um, like the sepia tone was the really filters, popular, yeah. you know, like the vintage mm-hmm. filters were really popular. Yeah. Okay. I want to jump forward really quick though, because mm-hmm. we're going to come back to all the, the journey because you're really good at telling stories. So people are being, getting... <laughs> um, what, what are you doing um, 10 years from now?
2: Yeah, ten years like, from now, yeah, I own a few businesses, more than I do now, and they're all working. I don't have to work for the businesses; they're all running, and uh, I'm. I get to spend as much time as I want with my family. Awesome! I
0: love. Hope. Are you here? You were in that vision. Yeah. Are you making like motion pictures?
2: Uh, you said ten years from now. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be I'll be writing and I'll be producing films, and hopefully, by then my connections have gotten me to you know. Big blockbuster type of yeah uh, distributions yeah
0: maybe we'll be watching like episodes of your maybe on Netflix
2: yeah definitely
0: it'll be Netflix and chill with David Alejandro <laughs> Navarrete <laughs> uh,
2: yeah yeah we could yeah um, cool that would be cool yeah I I would love to start because uh, I've written a few things I've written um, a feature I've written a few short films I've tried to start some but I felt like Arizona wasn't ready for that type of work yet. It's more of a commercial state, not a narrative state. So uh, I put that on pause and then I started working on more of commercial things. So that's where the money is here.
0: You mentioned, so we know about uh, Moneta Design and then Arizona Filmmakers and now you're mentioning other businesses. So that means you have other ideas in your head that you want to make come to life. Mm -hmm. So why do you start these different ventures? What is the purpose behind it? We know the videography you talked about, and that is your personal passion project, right? Moneta Design.
2: Yeah, that's my 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 main income. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which originally, funny enough, Arizona Filmmakers was supposed to be Moneta Design. It was just supposed to be all under one brand. But what I noticed is that in Arizona, when I preached about building community through Moneta Design, people didn't want to hear that. People rejected it. People said, "No, I, I actually." started um for my birthday i said hey i want to have a free photo shoot for anyone who comes i posted it in facebook groups and the like filmmaking community and the response i got back was like this guy is a is a hack don't believe him he just wants to take advantage of women in his studio and take pictures what What?" like for my i even posted a video saying for birthdays usually you know receive but i want to give this year Mm -hmm. So come out, you know, I'll take pictures of you guys and I'll hand it to you. And, you know, I wanted to kickstart this community. Yeah. And that's the response I got. So uh, I helped uh, Devin with Arizona Entrepreneurs and he was building a community. I was like, let me brand it out. And that worked. And I wanted to see if it if what I was doing like worked or did we get lucky? So then I was like, no one has Arizona filmmakers, just like Devin. No one had Arizona Entrepreneurs. I'm going to do the same things I did with Devin and then do it with Arizona Filmmakers. And yeah, three months later, we sold out an event. 260 people came out. And and it's funny because the only thing that changed was the name.
0: Well, because the name was about, that was your name. Then it became their name. Yes. It's something, their identity.
2: Yeah, like something everyone can get behind. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because it's, it's their identity. Well, well, I'm I'm an Arizona filmmaker, you know, yeah. so then yeah, then, you want to join. What
1: was that first event? What did you do?
2: It was called... Um, Talk shop, so it's just a networking event, but I wanted everyone to come in um fancy clothes and have a red carpet with the robot arm, because I knew if I market it after, you know, oh, everyone came in fancy clothes and it just looks so luxurious, like everyone's gonna have FOMO, and yeah. FOMO is gonna kickstart what we're gonna what we have in store for the future, you know.
0: And it works. What's the robot robot arm?
2: It's it's a it follows you. Yeah, it's it's a high speed camera that goes 200 miles per hour. That's as fast as it goes. Oh. And so we, it had a camera on it, and you've seen at the Grammys where it's like you know turn a little bit and the mm-hmm. camera's gonna come at you. That's the robot we had at oh, the event. Cool.
1: Wow. wow,
0: wow! How did you fund that?
2: Um, it was just selling people on the vision. Mm-hmm. So everything was uh, collaborative. I started the community. What I did was, I went to people, uh, filmmakers' houses, and I said, "Hey, let me record you and and put you on my platform." And in exchange, I just want to meet you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were like, no, what's the catch? Like, what do you want from me? I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to record a video introducing you. And all I want to do is meet you. And so I think me and my partner, Stefan, interviewed, like, I want to say, like, 13 people a week for three months. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, I think he missed his birthday. Like, he (laughs) was dedicated. Wow. And at the end, after interviewing so many people... Uh, we sent them out free tickets, like, hey, all this work that we've been doing, we want to invite you. And then they shared it. And then some of them were like, well, let me contribute. One of them had the robot. It's like, bring it to the event. And, oh, awesome. Um, at each uh, interview, we sold them on the vision that we want to bring community over competition and bring Arizona together. And that's why it was such a success, I think.
0: Yeah. how It grew really fast, right? Is it even a year old?
2: It's two years now. Oh, okay. Officially. Yeah. Wow. And then our third year,
0: yeah. It I just noticed it grew really fast, right?
2: Yeah, I like our first event. That first event we sold out. We thought I think people were telling us because we've never thrown events before. People were telling us like, expect if it's a good event, expect seventy people to come. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then my wife was like at the me and my partner's wife were checking people in, and they're like, okay, we'll we'll check people in and then go have fun. They could not get out of their seats. There was a line out the door so far. And then we went live and people were saying, I'm 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 coming. I'm on my way. And uh I think people from other states, I know Atlanta, Texas, uh Nevada, California were all tapping in saying, like, I want to go to the next one.
0: Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's wow. So, so you've had people come from other states to yeah. come to your that's awesome.
2: Yeah. And now, yeah, we're reaching. So we've actually inspired a few people to start their own communities in different States, but you know, who knows how that's going. They just keep us updated. Like, Oh, we're going to start our first meetup. And I was like, you know, congratulations. Let me know if you need any help. And, um, but it's very, been very fulfilling for sure.
0: And what's the long-term vision for it?
2: There's a few directions that I'm thinking of going. Um, number one, keeping with the connections and building these relationships. But number two helping fund uh, films here in Arizona. Uh, we're slowly going to start making connections with like Harkins Theaters and stuff. And if we're able to fund these movie thea- these movies, then we can distribute them and almost be like A24 Films or something. You know, mm-hmm. we, we help film local filmmakers get their movies out. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's incredible. I have a question on Moneta. Mm-hmm. So we live in the world of video. Yeah. And you're a storyteller. So if you talk about what you do for businesses. Somebody comes to you and says, I know I need to have my business on social media and I know I need video. Yeah. Where do you start? Because what you do is next level and it really communicates and connects with people. But like, what's your process? Where do you start?
2: Yeah. So I, I usually ask them like, do you want to do video because you have a vision for your video or do you want to do video? Cause everyone else is doing video. And that answer helps me identify which direction to go. Hmm. If they have a vision, then we talk about it and then I can dial in their vision. But if they're just doing video because everyone else is doing video, we have a lot of work to do. Hmm. So then I start asking them and a little backstory of how I came up with my processes because when I first started videography, I, I was, again, I was, I'm very ambitious. I wanted to make the most stunning videos I could. So I learned as much as possible. I was like, if I learned microbiology on my own I can learn filmmaking you know so I, I yeah I was making great videos but I would give them to clients and they would post it get a few views and that's it I was like they're not really va- getting value out of the videos I'm making so I started learning marketing and that's always changing and I was like I can't keep up like okay I started learning about sales and I'm like oh, I hate sales because I hate rejection like okay I, I learned sales psychology uh, I'm gonna stop there then I learned, into, I learned branding and storytelling. And I was like, that's the key. If I can mix branding and storytelling with videos, mm-hmm. like, that's going to benefit the business. So I asked uh, the business, who's your audience? What's your message? And then um, what's the problem they solve? Once I have those answers, we can develop a story and figure out what, what they're trying to do. So good. Yeah.
1: And it's exactly our process on the messaging side, right? Exact yeah. same thing we do. Who do you serve? And we just talked about this in a in last conversation about speaking to the person from their perspective, not our perspective. And so that's what I think is really unique about filmmaking, whether it's a movie or whether it's even content for social media. It's positioning the story in a way that it's. Is, You think about it as if you're standing in that person's shoes. It's not your version of it as a filmmaker. But that's not easy to do. No, it's not.
2: And and sometimes it gets really complicated. It was like, well, what story am I telling? Like, I I don't know. And that's where frameworks, story frameworks really come in handy. Mm -hmm. And I have so many in my binder, like just so many and some that I've developed myself.
1: Can you explain that, though, for people who don't understand a framework?
2: Yeah. So story frameworks are basically, they're kind of like plots in a story. So you have your rags to riches. You have your, uh, uh, off the top of my head, I can't really remember the exact names, but it's like defeating the monster.
1: Yeah, the comeback from behind.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, What's another one? Yeah, it's different stories. There are frameworks on how to tell your story. So when you know who your audience is, when you know what your message is, you can pick one of those frameworks and it gives your story more structure, more richness to it. And one of them, because again, yeah, you like you said, it's like the the hero is your audience, you know, in the yeah. story, which I, I love going so your to. Your audience
0: is the hero. The audience right? is yes. the hero.
2: Yes. And I love going to networking events or bars and I just bring it up. It's like, oh, so what do you do? This and that. And then I was like, I have a question for you. In, in your content, who's the hero? And they're like, yeah, yeah. So- it's it's me i'm the brand i'm the i was like no no No. and i started explaining it to them and just blowing their mind like you know reprogramming programming them to think this certain way is really cool Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes you have these brand videos where you want to tell the founder's story Mm -hmm. and so there we we make the framework as like the audience is watching them watching a really cool highlight and the framework that i've developed is is basically like a um, elevator pitch
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, with, with exciting B-roll. So the framework is you introduce your title, your name, your title, what you do for the business, like your value proposition. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, we go into exciting B-roll of your business and you interacting with your clients. And then after that, we talk about your call to action. So if you would like to get some videos, call me and we can help your business blow up or something.
3: Mm-hmm. I it's
0: me. This is making me kind of look at all of this in a whole new light, because when I watch a movie or a show that I really like, I am always putting myself in the shoes of the central character. Yeah. And a lot of times thinking like that could be me or picking out like things that I would aspire that are in that person or things that I join I, I, the adventure, you know? Like, I love Indiana Jones. Yeah. I love Goonies. I like those are some of my favorite movies. Footloose is also just, I just love adventure and story and overcoming and all of that stuff. So I think you can do that when you tell a business's story, especially yeah. in today's day and age where we have our big box stores and our Amazon and things that we can shop from. But when we really get to know the owner of a business, we, we want to buy from that person or use their services because we you know above you, it all we we create connect.
2: that yeah you, you yeah it's we, like
0: we crave that human connection is what i was trying
2: to get exactly. out exactly yep. yeah it's like it, they always say like people want to do business with people they like mm-hmm. and they know and they trust um and i think videos builds that trust like no other you know and what's so beautiful so what I, what I tell people, because when I go out and speak, they say, like, what is storytelling? And there's so many ways to break it down. But the smallest way to break it down is it makes you feel something, mm-hmm.
3: you know. Mm-hmm.
2: And what is a brand? A brand is what you feel yeah. from them, right? Yeah,
1: it's your experience with it. Yeah, it's, We've created hundreds of brands at Inspired Vibe. And the, we have never come across a business where we said there's no story here. It's the opposite. And what is one of the biggest tragedies that happens out there is these businesses and business owners have this incredible story that is not being told. And when it's told, whether that's through messaging or video or all of those things, it can create so much momentum in their business. It can make them stand out from the competition. I think a huge injustice is when you have one business who just does it better than another business. But this one sort of is like the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. Like they get more attention, they get more customers. And when you can tell the, the passion or the founders or the origin story, um, so many of these stories start with, there was a problem, I didn't have a solution, I wanted to go and create a solution. And then I realized, wow, a bunch of other people probably have that same problem and I can go deliver a solution to them through a business. Right. But it's, we have yet To come across a business where Kristen and I, after the client interview, our our initial kind of questioning session is when we go, Man, I don't know where this is gonna go. I mean, every single time there's this rich fabric behind the company. And when you tell that story, it's just captivating.
2: Yeah. Anyone listening out there, if you feel like your business is lagging behind and and you can't overcome your competition, talk to inspired vibe, their Mm -hmm. messaging, like you need to have a story developed. Um, So anyone listening? (laughs) Yeah, well, I was just
0: going to say, like, our name, Inspired Vibe, it's not about us. It's about business owners. Mm -hmm. It's about the vibe that you as a business owner want to create when people come into your store or when, you know, you're providing services for them. You definitely do that, Mm -hmm. you know? So when, I mean, kind of, you know, why I think I personally fell in love with marketing is because I hear someone's story and I can't wait to tell someone else. Or I, or I'm like, come here, you need to hear this. This isn't me. What did I do? I heard your story and I go, you need to be on our podcast. Then you start telling it. I'm like, see, see, that's just me. I just <laughs> yeah. love
2: that's awesome that
0: people yeah. can, they need to share their stories with the world because people need to be inspired. Yeah. There's so much negativity that's that's out there in the media. And, um, you know, it's just we need to if if we're not telling the stories of the inspiring things and the good things in the world, and the encouraging things, then all they're hearing is the negative. And so we have a responsibility, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: I like that. Yeah. And back to what you were saying where it's like there. I truly believe you can make a story about anything because, again, a story makes you feel something. And the way you make someone feel something is by taking them from one spectrum of the emotion to the other. Mm -hmm. And that's by uh, conflict resolution. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And again, I love going to networking events knowing that I'm going to do this. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. people like whatever people tell me, I'm like, I have an answer for that. So someone told me, what if you don't have a story? And I was like, all right. Me and my wife were at Disneyland, waiting in lines, the most boring thing ever. But I thought of a story where Uh, it's all about standing in line at Disney, which you would think, like, that's a boring story. (laughs) But the story was where uh, two people see each other and they're on opposite ends of the line, but at some point they come across each other.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And then at those points, they start liking each other a little more. And then so each time they interact with each other. And then the conflict conflict is the girl gets on the ride and he thinks he's never going to see her again. He missed his chance. Then a few moments later, they're back in a line, and they're right next to each other. And that's the resolution. <laughs> that's so. so like, there's a story. That's, everywhere. that's so
1: good. That is so good. Um, let's talk about some of the stories that you've told. Is there one that stands out in your mind? That was an experience, an emotional process for you, or that one where it came together and you said, "I'm so glad that I was." in the position and had the opportunity to create something to help tell this story because of how meaningful it was either to the world or to you?
2: Yeah, I do have one. And this is the one I talk about all the time. And it was when I first started. So the quality wasn't there for my video.
1: You were doing the VHS
3: filter?
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but the story was so rich. Uh, it's a story based on my dad. And my dad, he, he, he's the ultimate storyteller. So the video is called the storyteller and it's based on my dad. And, uh, throughout his childhood, he's just going through like, you know, challenges and challenges and challenges. Like he said, he's the ultimate failure. Like he, he just is, you know, but because he is the ultimate failure, he has accomplished a lot. So the video starts out with, um, a child at a cemetery and his mother died. And as that, those tragic things happen to that child, to, uh cracks of gold start to happen on their skin. So then we're telling each tragedy happening: his father leaving him alone, and he's by himself as a teenager. Now he has more cracks, um, and so on and so forth. And at the end of the story, uh, as he, he's typing this story out on paper, like writing his book, and he knocks over a glass, and then he's fixing it with gold. And in Japanese, something called kensuki, it's the idea where if something breaks. Even though it's broken, they put it back together with gold, and it's beautiful, more beautiful than it was originally, Mm. with all the cracks in it.
3: Wow! Wow. So at the
2: end of the story, he's an old man, and he has all this gold cracks on him, and he and yeah, that's the message.
1: Wow! That's really cool. That's amazing. Tear up? No. (laughs) (laughs) That was so good, though. Uh, I don't ever cry. (laughs) I thought she didn't ever cry. Um. I had another question on projects. So, what has been a difficult story for you to tell? Has there been one where you're like, "Oh, I just don't know if I can, if I can do this or if I want to do this"?
2: No, I love stories so much that I, I'm not afraid to go go there. You know, like yeah, uh, I love There's that. a story that I need to tell. Like I'm all for it. I've I've cried, and there's a story. It's a Christmas origin story that I tell. Um. It's too long to explain. But every time I start, I go back to it and start editing it, I cry every time. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be so sad. Like, I bet. I want to bet. See, if you cry, if yeah. you watch that film that I, but it's it's so good.
1: I love it. I love it. Um. Okay, so we got to switch tracks for a second. We would be remiss. I mean, this is called Inspired After Hours. And so it's about the business owner and maybe any other things that they do outside of their business, like yours, singing.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> I love to sing and I love to dance. Uh, it de-stresses me. Um, so any any
0: particular type of dance or just freestyle?
2: Oh, freestyle. It's what, yeah. I
0: we got enough room here.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm not a great dancer. I'm not, but, but if you're I can a great move, singer. I I've been practicing. I gotta. <laughs> <laughs> I love karaoke. Um, and just learning. You know, just learning new techniques and stuff like that Uh, but
1: well we watched your Christmas special on Instagram Christmas (laughs) special yeah (laughs) you did an
0: Instagram live
2: uh no yeah it it was great I I love anything creative just anything that I could um creatively you know express express, yeah Yeah. I, I started painting I pick up things really quickly so I analyze really quickly and I i I don't forget things for some reason Hmm. which sometimes it's a it's a burden
0: like a photographic memory yes Mm -hmm. and
2: i've told so i've told people this before i actually uh, one of my friends um he was showing me his business model and he's a filmmaker he owns a production company And i was like hey before you show me that i do have a photographic memory are you cool with that and he's like yeah and yeah i remembered everything and (laughs) <laughs> you know, implemented it. And then a few years later, he's like, you weren't lying.
3: <laughs> now you're
2: making money. And <laughs> I'm like, I, I told you, man. And that's how I actually helped me in, in medical school, too. I would oh, study, true. like, right before. Boom, boom, boom. i learn it. Uh, another story is uh, I, one of my clients is Vanessa Orabuena. She paints, like, um, she paints. Yeah, she you, does live paintings. Live paintings, that's yeah.
0: so beautiful. So
2: uh, two years or more working with her and seeing her process. I started I started picking it up so then I went home and I was like I want to paint a bee and I started painting and I made a few mistakes because obviously it was my first time at the end I was like this is this is really good <laughs> like I just learned how to paint just watching her for wow. so years
0: Wow.
2: I'll show you guys after
0: how did you get connected with her
2: she reached out by seeing my Instagram yeah. so my Instagram pulls a lot of clients for me and that's just because of you know the brand that I'm Putting out there and yeah. the image, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: it literally validates everything we've been talking about. You know, you have you have so much social media out there that does not convert. That's one of the biggest frustrations of business owners. Is yeah. they say, "Well, if I'm going to put time into this myself, or if you hire somebody to do it, and it's not converting into actual business, it's because it's missing a story. Mm-hmm. The story and the story. If they are telling a story, oftentimes it's about the business and not about their client, right? Their hero. Yes. So it just goes to show what you said about yours. It's even in that sense, like it's validating the story and making it about your customer.
2: Yeah. I, I tell people, I think any, anything you use for marketing, any platform or anything, if you're telling stories and you're talking to the audience that you want, like there should be no reason why it's not converting.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask you then, maybe this is that was the answer, but what is the the biggest mistake or the most common mistake that you see businesses making on social media with their social There's media There's like
2: a few I think. Um but one is big one is that they're not talking to the right audience. They know who their audience is, they're selling to them, but in their content it doesn't translate. Um for example, I don't want to call anyone out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you're thinking of one? I'm
2: thinking of some, yeah. Um but yeah, if if for example, I make stunning videos but I'm not going to try to sell you on videos. I want to try to sell you on the storytelling because I think that's where the most value is. Mm-hmm. So all my content is telling you how to tell better stories, and as a, you know, as secondary, you're seeing the high quality videos.
0: Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. seeing it.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. I'm not necessarily talking about this is the best camera to use, and this camera does this. This camera does that. These are the specs. Like my audience, from one at a design. Doesn't care about that, mm-hmm. you know.
0: So. They care that you know about it. Yeah, yeah. But they can see that as evidence in the, yeah, in, it's
2: evidence. Yeah, it's evidence the videos in the video. Arizona filmmakers, on the other hand, I'll talk about that all day and give advice and filmmaking advice because that audience is a different is a different audience.
1: Yeah, we mm-hmm. want something different from the from the social media feed. So, lastly, when you think about you and I love the way you described how you learn, how you remember things you're so inspired, but what are the things that you do so that you feel like you're always at the top of your game? And I think that's two things. I think it's, I think it's feeling good, like operating at a, at at a high level, Mm -hmm. but that also, especially in our field of marketing, it also means you have to stay inspired and you have to stay relevant because things change so much. So what do you do to Kind of just always feel good and know you're showing up to give your best. What are the things that you do in your own life?
2: So the biggest thing for me, because there's so many different things and everyone's different. If there's an advice that I could give is just being in the present moment and knowing that it's, it's so perfect in the present moment. If you're always worried about the future or comparing yourself or, or worried about the past, having regrets, like it's going to kill your vibe and it's just going to lower. You're not going to feel motivated. But just being in the present moment, like if I were to think about the future, I have an event coming up, I have uh, community partners I have to manage, I have these projects that I have to bid out for. Like, there's so much. But right now, with you guys right here, it's, it's perfect. You know, I feel great, and I'm not worried about anything. And if you really think about it, in the present moment, there's there's an, always you. Most of the time, nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Perfect health in the perfect, present moment. In the present mm-hmm.
3: moment. Mm-hmm.
2: And good. another thing too is that what I tell people in my space, in my creative field, is that, you know, amateurs wait to be inspired and be, wait to be motivated, and pros know to turn it on. And if I've noticed something about myself, I'm very self-aware too, the times where I feel motivated and inspired and have great ideas is when, like, I'm either, oh, I was washing dishes, or I was taking a shower, or I was doing mundane things, loading boxes in a trailer. mm mm-hmm. And the whole reason is because I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm in the moment. I'm just focused on, you know, I don't have thoughts coming in. And so it's really good. It's almost like, you know, meditation. But if I need to get a project done, I center myself. I'm in the moment. I use my emotion, my senses. Okay. And I just start working on it. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, creativity just flows.
0: Yeah. I think it sounds like being self aware is maybe what. It was what taught you that yeah right over time yeah because you did have a time where you were you said you were depressed mm-hmm. you know so it doesn't sound like you were I did deploying I, that at that time oh, no. in your life right you didn't uh, really have that
2: it was almost like too self-aware where I was thinking about all the things that were going wrong mm-hmm. and uh and yeah just having negative thoughts but someone at UPS helped me um this guy named Ken he was an older uh, African-American gentleman and I was like, oh, back hurts. I'm like, I have bills to pay all this stuff. And I don't know if I can. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't have time for those thoughts. I, I got I to gotta pay my bills. I got to work. Don't bring those thoughts into my head. I, I don't have time for that. I was like, you don't have time for that. I was like, if those thoughts start to come into my head, I don't have time for that. You know, I'm not going to yeah. think about that. It's not serving me. It's not pushing me towards where I want to go. So I'm not going to focus on it. That is so
0: good. Yeah, It's like a tool. Yes, I don't have time for that. Is a tool,
2: yeah, for the moment. For the moment,
0: yeah, definitely.
2: I don't have time for that. Yeah, <laughs> it absolutely. So fr- it was so clear, it's so funny. He just said, "Oh no, no, I don't have time for that." That's
0: profound, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Like, yeah, we. Um, I think a lot of people have been through times in their life where they decided, you know what, I'm going to get some counseling. I'm going to get some professional help and kind of process through maybe things I've been through and things like that. And I think really good counselors and psychologists, they they give you tools,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and so that that's a tool that you receive for free for, for your life. You're like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should pay that guy. I know. Um, but that's really cool. And um, there must have been a, a moment, though, where you were like, OK, I'm going to do it because mm-hmm. you were working at UPS and you just became determined and said, I'm going to do it. Is that right?
2: What was it, it was, it was. And I was looking for an answer. I was looking like if anyone listening to this and you're in that same predicament where you feel like you, you don't know if you should make that decision, just make that decision. It's that little voice in your head. It's the, it's the quietest voice that you hear. That's the one that you should listen to. And where I heard that from is when I had to make that decision, I was watching directors because I wanted to be a director. I still do. I was listening to so many directors' advice and Steven Spielberg was giving a speech at like this um college graduation and he said that he went through the same thing. He didn't know if he should be a, di- a director or not. And he said that the quietest voice that he listened to was the one that told him to be a director and look at him now. Yeah. Yeah. So I took that, but I, I didn't take it lightly because uh after finishing with my bachelor's, I had to overcompensate. I felt like such a failure. I took on three jobs. I was averaging two hours of sleep for three years, which I don't know how I did it because now I get eight hours. And tch. But I was, yeah, I would, it took such a strain on my mental health. Like I remember going into my room, waiting for my wife to leave. My son was at school and I would just wait like impatiently and go into my room and just scream and just like grab a pillow and just right. need to let it out. Um, but it was two hours of sleep every night working uh, at BJ's as working at BJ's, working at UPS, and working door-to-door sales as, for selling Sprint wow. while building Moneta Design. And I'm, I'm over that. I'm glad I'm over
1: But you definitely had a burn-the-boats moment. Yeah. You, you did it. You did it. I like what you said about that quiet voice. I can look back on my life. There was a specific moment where I had that quiet voice. And I remember I got counseled, and they said – and he, he meant the best. You know, he really meant the best. But he's like – I are you sure you want to do this? And I went, yeah, I do. And I made the change. And then I ended up with inspired, you know, and this it's one. the
2: best choice. It's yeah. the best
1: choice. Like now i looking back, I'm like, oh, I'm so, you know, so grateful. Yeah. So grateful.
0: It opened the door for, for me to say, you making that decision to walk away, opened the door for me to say, do your own thing. Yeah. Right? And then that she always tells her story of how she realized that she wanted to stop building things for other people. And start building something for herself. And then I got the blessing of a business partner. But
1: Yeah. But I remember she called me. That's right. You called me and you said,
0: hey, before you go,
1: her exact quote, before you go work for somebody else again, why don't you consider working for yourself? Because she
0: was working for herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then. Little she- did she know. I was, I was <laughs> like, should I quit? What am I doing? Oh, really? Well, like like I said, you know, business owners go through this part of their journey where it's like what am I doing? Was yeah. this the right choice? Yeah. You know, maybe you're not making enough money or it's just really, really hard, you know, but, mm-hmm. but you don't, but it's just like a half a second. Mm-hmm. That's a loud voice, right? That's, that's not the, loud that's voice. not the small, that's small not the quiet voice, that will voice.
2: Always lead you to yeah. where you need to go. Yeah. yeah.
0: Nope. Exactly. I love that. That's really, really good. Yeah. I do I love too. that story. You're such a deep,
1: well, mm-hmm. like you are literally <laughs> like talking to you you, you have a depth, not only in what you do, but the way you look at life. And then you just have, a, you just have an ability to, when you want to do something, you just dive in and do it. You really go all in. I love the way your brain works. I love the way your heart works. You are truly a brother of ours. We're so excited. Same. And we have a cool, we're not going to talk about it right now, but we have a cool video project that we want to do for Inspired yeah. Vibe. We gave you an idea um, because we saw something on social media and it just triggered something in me. I felt an emotion. Mm-hmm. And I said I really like the way they're telling their story, and it was like the story behind the story.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: I thought, man, I want this for Inspired Vibe,
0: like because I send it to David. She's like, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. So everybody, stay tuned on that one. But
2: that's yeah. gonna be exciting. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, exciting. Thank you. I mean, not only are you deep, but you're super lighthearted. That's the cool. You know, we always like to.
2: There's those deep people that are just stoic oh, and yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> they're a little too serious. Yeah. You know, you're like fun and lighthearted, and we did. I think. You definitely need to do a dance at some point on not, not for not necessarily for us, but you like to do it. So you've done the the live with the singing. So now you need to do the live with the dancing. So everybody follow David, follow Moneta design, but you're probably gonna do it on Storyteller Just, David. Yes, right? Storyteller
2: David. Okay. And yeah.
0: So you're gonna do it. You're committing.
2: Oh, uh <laughs> yeah, I guess so. More I've singing.
1: Been... I would like to see another, another live musical <laughs> performance as well.
3: All right. All right. Yeah it was awesome so good. thank you thank, thank you, you, you david
0: man. i'm not gonna do the spanish accent again i'm sorry i'm too tired
2: <laughs> no worries <Too> tired
0: yeah. <laughs> thanks for coming on david
2: thank you so much for having me
0: cheers